Kutztown's Jordan Morgan only played half a season of high school football and got on his school's radar because they were recruiting his teammates. Morgan entered college as a 235-pound preferred walk-on. He leaves as a 309-pound force. His pregame ritual is laying down and imagining himself dominating each play. At Kutztown, those visions became reality. The Philadelphia native took home the Gene Upshaw Award given to Division II's Lineman of the Year. Though there's nothing small about his game, he's a two-time first-team Little All-America honoree. Also, Morgan's blocking prowess earned him an invitation to the Senior Bowl. Jordan Morgan made the sacrifices to be great, but his story has just begun. Sports Podcast, episode 84. I'm here with Mike Dimonick and Jordan Morgan, offensive guard from the New York Jets. He was drafted by the Chicago Bears College at Kutztown, and he grew up right here in Philadelphia. So, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Mike, how What's you up, doing? Jordan? How you doing, man? Hey, bro. Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. I'm not going to lie. I'm a pretty big Miami Dolphins fan. So Ian was like, we might have a New York Jet on, and I was like, Gaze. well, then I quit. I'm quit. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm only teasing. Dolphins suck, and that rivalry isn't what it once was. But it is what it is. Yeah. So we got a New York Jet on before we got a Miami Dolphin on. I know. The podcast. And an Eagle. We've never had an Eagle on. Do you know any Miami Dolphins currently? I do, actually. Yeah, who do you know? Yeah, uh, center Kyle Fuller played with me in the Senior Bowl before I got right before I got to the NFL. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Hell, yeah. Is he a cool guy? Very cool guy. Uh, we actually went to Dominican Republic for a week last year. Uh-oh. At a point, I thought we got kidnapped because we went off the resort. Probably went somewhere we shouldn't have went, but we made it back alive, so it's all that matters. I have to imagine kidnapping you would be <laughs> worth videotaping. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was bugging out. Like, <laughs> we... <laughs> We had a, we actually had gummy bears at a pool from like some family in Carolina who was like super cool. They're like football fans because it was like a group of us, like just different mm-hmm. linemen. But uh, <laughs> we didn't know that like the gummy bears had like fucking THC in them. So, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> tripping, tripping balls on that trip. That's crazy. Yeah. That the was bus scary. was like shaking. Bus driver didn't speak English. He took us to like some really sketchy part of like Punta Cana. And I'm just like, man. Uh, this might be it. So then, uh, so what happened? Were you just tripping and you weren't actually being kidnapped? Or uh, like- me and my other buddy were tripping. Uh, the other two guys were laughing at us because we were tripping so hard. <laughs> and um, we didn't actually get kidnapped. But when we got off the bus, we were definitely getting, like, sized up. And it, like, worried us because I'm like, well. Like, Who was sizing you up? What are you listening at? Oh, my at? God. It was like a little fucking army of people. But um, What are you listening at? Right now, You're I like, am 6'3", 310. 6'3", mm-hmm. And an army of Dominican Republicans oh, were eyeing you up? Army of 20 little guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's Can't amazing. Can't numbers. That's crazy. Yeah, it's true. Numbers. Strength in numbers. 
<laughs> That's a good point. So uh, Jordan has a pretty cool story. He didn't start playing football until his senior year of high school. So we were talking a little bit before. He ended up going to Kutztown. He walked on at Kutztown and ended, up, ended up getting Go drafted uh, by the Chicago Bears in the fifth round. So Jordan, do you think that uh, if you started playing football earlier in the process, maybe freshman year, that you would have ended up going somewhere else other than Kutztown? Uh, potentially, yeah. you know, like I think I definitely had the size to go Division One, but I'm not sure about the talent in the league I played. Like the school I went to, Germantown, they had one guy go D1, and he ended up getting drafted to the Broncos. He's still with them now. Will Parks, he's a pretty good player, but um, I think he was like the only guy to ever actually go somewhere big and stay there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't really know because I was very raw at the time, like. Even in college, like I didn't know football. Like I was just big and athletic, so I just right. kind of went with it. I feel like there's like a not a fine line between like high end D two and D one double A. Like a guy like you, I feel like with your size, not a ton of football experience, like a place like Villanova, you're wearing a Villanova national championship right shirt right now. Yeah. Like I feel like that could have been a great fit for a guy with your size potential with you know a little experience. Yeah. Right. And I mean, like D one probably would have been in the cards. I feel that's how the that's how these industries go. Like, you know, it's all predicated off of, like, prediction. Like, nobody knows how good somebody will be, but mm-hmm. they look at intangibles and character, and they're like, all right, like, yeah. can we make him right. something like that? But for me, really raw, having literally never played football before, like, I get it. That was mm-hmm. a risk. But There's more of a spotlight on you, though, in a D2 program, whereas yeah. you could have some guy who transferred from Penn State who you're competing with at Villanova where you're kind of taking a backseat to him. Yep. Right? So, like, there's pros and cons, I guess, every situation. So mm-hmm. it's cool that it worked out for you. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, I did some reading, and uh, I saw that you participated in the combine, yep. and you did the Temple U Pro Day. Yep. So how was the draft process overall, and uh, like how was the night itself? Was it pretty nerve-wracking? Um, that whole time leading up to it was, I never really under, like, I was never really prepared for it, because like, I know a lot of these big D1 guys, they're used to being in that spotlight, so like it's nothing new to them, whereas me, like, Matt can attest to this, like, coming out of Kutztown, like, there's really none of that. Like, you kind of just play for the love of the game. You don't think about it. But coming out, like, being invited to the Senior Bowl, the Combine, it's like a dream come true. But when I show up and you're actually playing and, playing and running in front of, like, 40,000, 50,000 people, and then you got all these guys with pens and pads writing shit down, like, talking to you, interviewing you, and you're just, like, talking to teams, like, whenever you're not performing. And it's, like, just, like, complete shock to me because it was so different. Um, That's crazy. Leading up to the draft, it it was pretty much to the point where I knew I was going to get drafted, but it was a matter of where because people slide in the draft all the time, and I knew that there was a chance I could potentially slide out of it, worst-case scenario. So that day, I pretty or the, I guess like a three-day process to get drafted for the, each round. But um, I told my family, I was like, well, we'll be like, I know I'm not going first round. It's like there's a chance I could go into the second day, but – I would plan on the third day just to play it safe because the third day is like rounds four through seven or five through seven, I forget. Yeah, yeah. But um, end up being the third day, fifth round, which, I mean, I was happy to get whatever yeah, I could. That's amazing. But uh, I just remember being there like so anxious, like seeing people go off the board, like guys that like I know and I spent time with at the Senior Bowl and Combine. Like we practice together, we train together. And I'm like, oh, like, like you're thinking what? I'm better. For, honestly, for some of those guys, yeah. yeah. Like, some of those guys, I was like, well, I was, I was, they way better than that guy. Yeah. So, well, fuck him. But, <laughs> but he has D1 tapes. Like, that's 
Yeah, that, that makes a difference. So yeah. did you think you were overlooked a little bit because you went to Kutztown? I would say yes, but I see why teams did it. Because even now, like, I feel like this being, like, my third year in the NFL, I'm finally starting to become the player I want to become. My rookie year, I was very raw. In my second year, there's still a lot of things I had to learn, whereas now it's like, okay, like, I can say with confidence that I'm a professional now. Like, I know how to approach all these situations. I know what level of play I need to play at to succeed. And now a lot of things are clicking for me that didn't my first two years. Yeah. So, so uh, you ended up getting injured with the Bears. Yeah. And um, it was your shoulder, right? Yeah. So uh, you spent a full year with Chicago? I did. Uh, almost two years. Uh, they It's funny. They were actually my coaches in the Senior Bowl. And... Um, like that was wait like so I got drafted in April, but they were my coaches for an All Star game in January, and like it it went okay. Like I, I had a really good week down there, but they didn't seem re- like overly interested in me. And after that game, like I didn't talk to them literally the whole year. Then like draft day, like I was talking to somebody from the Broncos, and they're like, "We're gonna pick you with our next pick." But then like literally after I responded to them and said, okay, like the Bears called me and I was just like confused because I was like, you guys act like you fucking hated me, but here you are giving me a call on this day. Yeah. Going back to rewind a little bit to draft day, are you thinking at all in your head like, well, shit, Chicago kind of sounds cooler than Denver or maybe Denver <laughs> sounds way tighter than Chicago. I hope I'm going to go to Cleveland. That was yeah. like, like, is that a part of it at all or is it more so just like um, whoever wants me, I'm going to go and I'm going to be in the NFL and it's going to work out? I'd like to think that maybe for like guys who are selected like at the top yeah. probably feel that way. But for a guy like me, like walk on, come out of Kutztown, who mm-hmm. barely played football, I was happy to get whatever I could. Like even if I didn't get drafted, I still would have been happy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you um, enjoy your time in Chicago? Did you get to experience the city? And- yeah. I had a lot of fun in Chicago. Uh, so, yeah, like I kind of skipped over your question earlier. But no, I spent my rookie year there. My second year, like all of offseason, literally up until regular season, I was there. And um, it was awesome. Like I actually love Chicago a lot. And a lot of the teammates I had out there, like I consider to be like brothers now. I was actually mm-hmm. at just one of their weddings, I think like what, a month ago, a couple weeks ago, something like that. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, like a part of me always miss it. I could go back whenever, I guess, but I definitely cherish my time out there. And yeah. uh, I, it forced me to grow up, you know, having to like a team calls, you know, yeah, like we're drafting you, like see you in a week. And then you got to literally oh, pick your whole Chicago. life up. <laughs> yeah. I literally said, I was like, all right, I guess I'm moving. I live in Chicago now. Yeah. Like, That's cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, that always interests me too. Like, all right, you got to get up and move on a whim. Yeah. Like, do, do you go out and find your own apartment or house to live in Uh, or like does your agent help you out with that how does that all work out because we can give a little bit of an overview you ended up playing for the titans for some time right yeah and then you went now you're on the new york jets yeah so three big cities and you can tell us a little bit more about all the moves but like i'm always interested with pro athletes oh now i'm going to tennessee uh (laughs) what do i do with my apartment and how do i find a new place to live do i bring my stuff do i make sure i get a place furnished like what's that like uh, so every team has like a, a player personnel guy who that's pretty much who you come to for anything you need that's not football related. Mm-hmm. So like they'll and you like obviously me being through it now, I kind of know how to navigate some of this, but they, they set you up like you go to a team, they pay for your housing, at least for a little bit until you start getting checks because like the checks are big. So like, right. it's like they'll they'll house you until you get a check or two. And it's like, all right, like you have thousands like you can afford to get an apartment now yeah. 
but um, in the event that a team is like, all right, well, like, we don't think it's working out, and then another team signs you, you have to be able to pick everything up and go. So uh, you, you got to try to be smart with what you decide to do housing-wise. So, like, for me, realistically, like, I'm not looking to sign a year lease anywhere because there's no guarantee you'll be with them for a year. Like, yeah. I could be with New York now, then two months from now, I'll be in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's no point in me putting that money into a contract in a place I literally never stay at. Yeah. Um, so you never go on Craigslist and, like, look for someone looking for a roommate? No. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, not, especially not with football. Like, because I'm, like, I get so, like, it's so much going on in the football world that, like, when I go home, like, the last thing I would want is a roommate. Like, yeah. like when I get home, like, I literally just want to fucking kick my feet up, butt-ass naked. <laughs> like, say, well, if you know any Philadelphia Eagles that are looking for a roommate, I'm moving out, and Ian's looking for someone. So you love to live with an Eagle, I'm sure. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, it's, you know, like, you learn, like, it's not the smart thing to do. Like, I had a buddy who, he was with the team. I'm not going to name drop him, because he'll probably be butthurt. <laughs> but he's with the team, and it was looking good. Then he... He bought. He didn't buy a house out there. He rented a house, but typically these teams, like their facilities, are in very nice areas. So if you rent a place, like every team I've ever been with, like my rent, if I rent a place is two, three thousand dollars a month, and I'm living by myself. Mm-hmm. He rented a house, so his was like more than that. Wow. And he, the second he rented the house, a week later he got released <laughs> and signed to a team on the other side of the U.S. and he was like asking people like is there anything he can do to get out the contract i'm like honestly bro like if it's not in the contract then no like you're fucked yeah you're screwed for a year airbnb yeah potentially yeah (laughs) so that'd be a funny story for a nfl football player i also made a killing off airbnb all my former cities that i used to play in that's actually not a bad idea now i think about it so (laughs) so chicago tennessee new york do you have a favorite city of the three that you maybe you haven't spent too much time oh no by far my favorite is definitely nashville so fun it's like how long have you lived in new york now uh what is couple months just so a couple months? months and you live in manhattan or no so when we so game day like metlife that's where we're at yeah. but for the facility the facility is in north jersey like right. literally it doesn't make sense to live in manhattan 100 percent. like so what these teams do is their stadium will be in a major city but the facility is never there the facility is always like off in a suburb that's close mm-hmm. so like it's a nice area but it's not hard for the players to get to you can get in and out Right. And I, which I appreciate because I don't have to Definitely. deal with traffic. Like even like in New York, like the apartment or with the just the apartment I stay in is legitimately a five minute drive from the facility. Okay. So like, I just get up, hop in my car, like literally bang a turn and I'm right there. Convenient. So um, you had OTAs in mini camp, um, what last month? Yeah. Two yep. And last then month. you have training camp next week, right? Mm-hmm. So can you take us through? kind of what you're expecting on the day-to-day next week is it like two a days three a days it'll basically be two a days so like with the new or however new it is i don't know it's old to us but relatively new uh with the cba two a days in the nfl aren't like how they used to be so like if you have one padded practice your next practice can be padded like and it's typically more of a up-tempo walkthrough type deal they do which definitely all the players appreciate because it's less grind on your body but the the toughest part is probably just the meetings because you have like legitimately six to seven hours of meetings a day and you're like you you watch a football game now imagine you watching a football game but you're constantly rewinding it talking about new things for six to seven hours a day for a month straight and that is training camp wow and it's 
it's not the most enjoyable thing, but it, it's kind of part of it. Like, as much as I don't like doing it, you need to do it so when you play, you aren't lost and you don't get your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not just a game anymore. I mean, it's a profession. Yeah. Right? And it's a business. I mean, it's your job. It's yep. a business, yeah. So you talked about earlier that you played some tackle, and uh, you just learned center a little bit. Yeah. And obviously your, your primary position is guard. So do you think that versatility to be able to switch positions like that gives you a leg up on the guys you'll be competing with? A thousand, thousand percent. So there's, there's like two different sayings in the NFL. One is like the more you can do because it, it'll help you get a job. Like a lot of times, like the way you got to think of it is everybody in the NFL, even if they're bad, they're still the best in the world. It's just in comparison to whoever he went against at that time, he wasn't that good. Right. So the mentality with the league is if you can only do one thing, unless you're literally a superstar at that one thing, you probably won't stick just because there's a guy behind you who can do that and three other things. And he's just as good as you. And that's like, that's just how the competition is. Uh, when I got released from the Titans, that was ultimately why they, um, they were like, yeah, like we need somebody else who can play center. And at the time, I didn't know how to play center. I was like, I can only yeah. do the other two. And they brought me and another guy in for that exact reason. But once it came down to the wire, uh, he knew how to play it. And I, was, I wasn't mad about it because I, I get it. But after that, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to learn how to play it so that it doesn't happen to me again. Mm-hmm. And um, you, it just it just helps you, you know. Like on top of like helping you secure a position. So like if you don't make it at one, you could probably make it at another. You it makes you a smarter player. Like I know for me, learning how to play center, like sped up how quickly I processed the game. And now I'm just like wow, like it's like clicking so much faster for me. Yeah. So uh, speaking of competition, is there one person that sticks out as like the hardest person you've had to block? Whether it was in college. He hasn't blocked me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mean swim move, man. I got a mean swim move. Dude, he would crush you, man. Uh, um, so in Chicago, like, I, I, I really don't feel like this guy gets the respect he deserves. But Akeem Hicks, like, so my third team now, so I've seen, like, a bunch of good players. I'm not discrediting anybody else because, like, a, a lot of people are really fucking good. But, like, I've never seen a player who, like, when he decides like he wants to like get by you like he's going to get by you whether he like pulls a move or like fucking slams you on your head like i've just never seen somebody so big and strong but like he can mm-hmm. move too it's like the craziest combo of genetics it's ridiculous yeah. wow i was That's watching scary. yeah i was watching some shit from nfl films the other day and he's like fucking what is it kim kim's like six six three fifty but he moves like me and he just fucking, like, he can grab dudes with like one hand, just fucking like toss them. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that is wild. That is ridiculous. My rookie year, he actually put me on my ass one time. Pretty embarrassing stuff. <laughs> I mean, is it like something that I wish happened? HBO, do it. Like, you can just take the idea and run with it. I want HBO to just make it a subscription. And like, I'll pay an extra 50 bucks every Sunday to have one game with no announcers, just mic'd up. Players. Unedited, unedited. Because oh, I want to hear gets, what gets you guys crazy. say. I know it's gotta be nuts. What's like some of the craziest crazy. shit you've heard, of, like in the trenches? Like it depends, because like the way the league is, a lot of it comes full tilt. So like you might see a guy on one team one year, and the next year he's with another team. So yeah. more times than not, a lot of guys in the NFL already know each other. A lot of people refer to it as like the the ultimate fraternity, because yeah. like everybody for the most part knows each other. I'm sure that's like. 
good and bad for the sake of talking shit. We're like, yeah, because you I, get yeah, personal. Like, I respect you. I like you. We play together. Dog. We play <laughs> against each other. And some players are like but, that. Yeah, like we had beef when I was on the Dolphins. You were on the Jets, but now I'm on the Patriots and you're on the Broncos. We still have beef. Yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna talk shit to you. And it's uh, I don't like. I've always been the type of player like I like I fuck around when I play just because like it calms me down like I'm the type of guy who like crack jokes or like yeah. I'll say some stupid shit about the ref just because like it's funny and, like it right. calms me down but I like then you, that like, you I want you to be mic'd up <laughs> you got some guys who are fucking like just the the grimiest like talk the the most say the most personal shit like yeah. that's what and I then you hear. then you see dirty players like stepping on people after plays like there are guys yeah. who like so yeah that's fucked up they aren't like they aren't bad people i don't think they're bad people but, like when they play football they're just fucking scumbags but yeah. right a but, like, lot of people say like, yeah. that's like their therapy like you exactly said, kind of. like, like that's how that's what gets them in like, their the reason zone. i'm here and successful is because i'm kind of a dickhead when i step on the field 100 percent. whereas you're like yeah dude i'm having fun yeah. out here like i remember People would say, like, Akeem is, like, an asshole, but, like, I don't think... I think Akeem's, like, a really nice guy. Yeah. But just when he plays, he's a fucking dickhead. (laughs) Right. But that's just how the game is. Yeah, people have to put on a certain mindset so that they can be the best player they want to be. Exactly. And everybody's psychology is different. Like I said, like, for me, the more loose I am, the better I do. So I have to say stupid shit and crack jokes because it makes me relax and I can just play Mm -hmm. better. Is, is there one player that you've, like, pulled out on a sweep and just absolutely demolished that comes to mind? Like, someone you just completely crushed? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, my, my rookie year, <laughs> my rookie year we played the Browns, and uh, when I was with the Bears, I don't remember his name, I don't remember his name. But I just remember, like, halfway through the game, so I was like, yo, I'm having a hell of a game. Like, I'm fucking this guy up. <laughs> My coach is loving this shit. Like, That's awesome. That's, yeah. He's trying That's to funny. dump dudes on their fucking head. Like. Dude, so, <laughs> pro athletes, from, like, my perspective, just watching everyone on TV and social media, pro athletes care about fashion. Oh, yeah. Like, too much. They're prima donnas. That's kind of cool. Prima donnas, yeah. right? You don't come across that way to me. No. But... I'm a bro. I don't like... <laughs> you don't really hear too much about guys takes on their uniforms but like the fans always have something to say when the always. Jets come out with their new threads fans are commenting pros and cons there's articles all about mm-hmm. it what's your take on the Jets new threads I'll tell you my take so when I first saw them I was like oh these things actually fucking suck but then when we put them on for media day I was like alright like some of these colors do look kind of cool. cool yeah well I think they fucking but suck I think the last jerseys look way better though I, like well, I don't jersey. like those either. I think the Jets jerseys are just lame. I think their helmets are lame. I just don't like them. I I don't, the chrome Ladanian, is weird. Ladanian Thompson made it cool with the black visor, but he like made anything look cool. Anything he put on, he looked badass. A lot of people in Philly want the Eagles to bring Kelly Green back, so I think the Kelly Green's nice. And yeah. their jerseys up to last year were like the classics. They kind of reminded, mm-hmm. like they didn't change much. The Eagles black. The Eagles black uniforms are actually fine. Eagles yeah, black. Awesome. Those do are the fun. Jets do they have black alternates? Yeah, with the new ones. Really? Yeah. The new ones, yeah. Dude, I've been pushing on social media for the Dolphins to bring out black alternates. That'd be so tight. Well, you never a little go teal, orange, black and black. Alternate. Never go bad with that. Yeah, so. you can't go bad with black alternate. So, um, you have preseason coming up after training camp and whatnot. Yep. Um, you know, all of us aspired as kids to be professional athletes, and, you know, some of us were, weren't blessed genetically like Mike and I. But uh, we're very interested still. I want to be a pro ping pong player. <laughs> I, it I think it's hard fucking it. awesome. I think yeah, that's fucking dude. awesome. I beat a guy who beat the 20th ranked player in the world. 
Uh, no, that's not confirmed. You should probably take a crack at that. Yeah, I mean, well, now it's a, it's a little late. My eyesight's going. My back's going. I'm getting too old for it. But yeah. uh, off topic, I really think shit like that is cool. Like, people are, like, professionals at, like, oh, like different things. Shit? I think that's yeah. so cool. Because that shit, like, shit is hard, bro. Like, right. fucking ping pong. I'm not terrible at ping pong. Yeah, okay, but there's he's, ping pong. He's actually good. He's yeah. really good. We had a, we had a tournament. Um, a ping pong tournament and a cornhole tournament with like professional players at our facility. It's probably fun. There's probably that's where. Yeah, it was fun. I'm like, talking I'm, probably it's really I'm, funny. I'm good at cornhole, but like, we had this Australian guy, this Australian guy and this Canadian guy on our team. They crushed everybody in both of those games. Like it was not even fair. It was it wasn't even close. I was like, you like you have to do nothing but play this when you're not right. Like it's ridiculous. Do you guys ever meet up to like who? Um, All the time, season. like uh, I feel like that's dangerous. When you guys like, just said like player like lifetime guys are at lifetime. Yeah, that was the same way in Chicago. There's a lifetime in Chicago, and like hello players who like were still with the Bears or aren't with the Bears, like they come back and they just hoop. And I, I agree with you on that. Like I'm scared to take that chance because I'm like I don't have the clout. Like if I roll my ankle and show up, I tell coach I can't Goodbye. practice for a week. Coach is gonna yeah. be like, bye. Like yeah. he said bye, and I don't want to hear that. So I'm like, y'all can play basketball. I'll watch, but like I'm cool off that. Right. Was anyone with the Bears or the Titans known as like just nasty, nasty at b-ball? Uh, ish, uh, so they played it in Nashville too, but I think players in Chicago are more serious about it. Charles Leno, the left tackle, is actually pretty good, and an old teammate of mine, Cameron Lee, is really good as well. He's retired now, but they're two really good guys, and they play like all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. What uh relationships in pro sports interest me too so like head coach I feel like the head coach is like the president yep. and the players are like the house of representatives where all the house of representatives think like I know the president but the president doesn't really fucking know any of them I think right like do you, does the coach know everybody does he have a relationship with everyone I would say it depends on the team depends on the I've, team probably I've depends heard, on the head coach too yeah. obviously or yeah, or yeah that's probably what I'm going to say but I've I've heard stories of head coaches who don't interact with their players much. Like Chip Kelly. But I also have had coaches who make it their job to know us all individually and yeah. know what we're going through. So, like, Nagy in Chicago is that way. Like, he knew about me before I came there because I think his, like, brother was, like, an executive in the Senior Bowl. So he was already curious about me, and I met him and had a meeting. He has a like, good story, Nagy, too. Yeah, he does. And he's I just – he was, uh, what was he, like, in real estate in Lancaster? I think he's making like a couple hundred grand a year, yeah, decent arena. life, and then, and he was like coaching in high school football for Lancaster Catholic, right? Yep. No, Manhattan. Or Man- Manhattan. Oh, for Manhattan. Yep. Yeah. That's a cool story. We don't, that's not about that, this podcast, <laughs> but. but that, like a lot of these, like, the coaches I've had have all made it a deal to know us personally, like Nagy with the Bears, Rabel with the Titans, like they made it their job to know me. I love that. Personally. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, like it, it depends on like what the, what the coach is like. I'm fortunate to not have had that because I I personally enjoy that. Like yeah, for some guys it's more of a business mindset. But mm-hmm. the way I look at it is like we go through so much and like Mac and Tessa, as you guys who play sports, like you go through so much with your team and your coaches. Like I'm I've always been a bigger fan of the the family aspect as opposed right. to the this is a business. Like no, let's fuck around and enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. So like we handle our yeah, business. Yeah, when that so dude dies just because he was a good businessman slash coach, who's gonna be at his funeral? Yeah. Compared to a guy like Nagy, exactly. All you guys are gonna be at his funeral, right? Like if you had a relationship with them. What about kickers and punters? You guys like you guys got a relationship with those guys? I feel like I, I just I feel like the not. image like they just have their own locker room. Uh-huh. Yeah. They have like their own thing. No one cares their names. 
special teams guys are 100% their own entity. They're <laughs> they're a part of the team, but they are always at any level. They're always off doing their own mm-hmm. thing, and I'm always so envious of them because like they <laughs> like just been <laughs> chilling. At like, I'll be doing hard ass drills. I'm <gasps> I look up, they over there just playing just catch. I'm like, <laughs> like I, I should learn how to kick a ball. Like, but they, awesome. I've always liked special teams guys because they're weird, but they're themselves. Like they. Yeah. They they get that that brand and they own it like that's them and they're always cool as fuck like yeah. always cool as fuck yeah. even back in college like I always hang with the special teams guys they're cool like they are a great time if you're a professional punter or kicker making pretty decent money to <laughs> kick a ball like you said like you better be a cool dude like why would you be a dick to anyone hundred percent like you like you should probably be pretty happy generally definitely yeah. was Marcus Mariota a pretty cool guy hell yeah he actually so this iPhone I have now he bought me this. Dude, yeah. Titan Blue. Yeah, bro. That's he's, pretty he's cool. The man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, I want to take a picture of your iPhone. We went to uh, we went to dinner one day, and um, like just like me, him, another quarterback, like all the old linemen, and uh, it was like some real nice place. And they brought out like cutting boards, and they're like, "This is the first course." And on all the cutting boards, there was like iPhones in their boxes, like brand new iPhones. And then like some Apple lady came up and tell told us how like they just launched this phone and like. Marcus set it up so like here's a free phone for everybody. And wow, I was like, oh, like, fucking awesome! That's a pretty cool move by a quarterback. Like, what like, am I lineman gonna like? Steak bro, dinner, iPhone. Bro, hell yeah! So Christmas time is the best time to be in that <laughs> locker room because running backs and quarterbacks just show so want. much love <laughs> to the oh, lineman. Like, this is some of the cool shit you got, oh, bro. My fucking rookie year, Mitch got me like, like you know, like the Yeti brand, like the Coors. Yeah, and of course. He, he got, got me like, like, yeah, he got me like paid full price. Uh, bags, coolers, mugs, like hats. He bought me like an engraved bottle of like 1942, like my name and number. Like I still have a little bit of that left. I say that for special <laughs> yeah, occasions. Seriously, I I love shit like that because yeah. you don't like you don't know like you just show up to your locker room and they give you shit. Like Mike Glennon bought me a speaker, like and I really never even spoke to him. Like this is when I was still a pup. Wow. And he's just like, hey, Jordan, like, Merry Christmas, man. And I was like, oh, thanks, bro. Like, appreciate <laughs> you. That was very nice of you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get you anything. Sorry. 100%. I was like, I'm broke, but you're that guy. I mean, you got to protect the people that protect you, you know? 100%. So come on. 100%. So as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, we're really interested in, like, the day-to-day of, of pro athletes. So can you take us through a game day and what it's like are you, are you eating something different are you doing a ritual like uh, every guy's a little different a lot of guys have rituals like I know game day for me um, I'm pretty standard like I still get the same amount of sleep I do still eat the same stuff I do but my thing is like I always try to get to the stadium early like because they have buses that come at different times but I always like to get there early just so I can um, go out there and just walk through some stuff clean some things up before I play uh, I don't I personally am not big on having rituals because if for whatever reason I can't do that, I don't want that to fuck my head up and now mm-hmm. I play shitty. And everybody's different, but that's just how I am. Like, I like to keep it vanilla because I'm like, all right, well, like if it's a regular day for me and my preparation, it shouldn't change how I think about the game. Because, mm-hmm. like, like I said, like for me, I play better, more loose. So when game day is there, like I acknowledge that it's game day, but I don't even let it, like, way down on me I don't like put extra pressure on myself for the fact that it's a game like alright well like I did this shit a thousand times in practice last week like I'll be fine Yeah. so I just try to keep it pretty simple so yeah. what's it like on an away week your practice schedule switches up you guys have to have a day for travel right Uh, yeah so depending on like 
where the game is or what time it is. An away week is typically shorter by a day or so. And one like a practice might be a little bit more watered down. Especially like if you have a quick turnaround. So like if you just played Sunday and you got a game Thursday, like you won't even practice. Like you'll just have walkthroughs until the game just because you're like fresh off a game. Because they like one thing I will say about the NFL is like I think they do a good job of at least in like I'm not every player agrees, but they do a way better job than fucking Kutztown. Right. They <laughs> they take good care of their players leading up to the next thing because some of those guys are worth millions of dollars. I mean, essentially everybody is, but you got some guys who are worth one or two mil, you got some guys who are worth a hundred million, and you don't want him to sprain an ankle yeah. just because you wanted to make them practice hard two days before a game. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And we all know how injuries affect teams mm-hmm. by the time playoffs yeah. around. That, I mean, that, can, that can break season. a lot of teams. 16 weeks, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. So, and you were talking about your boy in Chicago just grabbing people's hand and throwing them. Yeah. Doing that for 16 weeks, like, that sucks. Yeah. So, like, they'll take care of guys in practice. Like, you know, especially, like, older players who are solidified, like, you'll see them do it where it's, like, coach, like, my ankle sore today. And they'll be like, all right, like, he'll cut them out of half the drills. Mm-hmm. And some, like, some people think it's, like, a weak move by them. But, I mean, you're worth millions and you're preserving yourself to go do what you do. So whatever it makes you, whatever is going to help you play by the time the game comes, by all means. Yeah. So uh, for an away game, do you get there like on a Friday night when you play on a Sunday? Uh, no, you'll get there if you if you play on Sunday and it's away. You'll get there like you'll get there. Really, I guess it kind of depends on the coach. Like you, I've had times where I've done that, and I've also had times where I've gotten there Saturday. So if it's like a night game Sunday, you'll get there Saturday. Okay. But if it's like noon, you'll get there. Friday night, and they they typically let you have free reign. Like you can do whatever you want, aside from like a meeting at night and maybe like um, a meeting at night. The day of the game, you don't have any meetings. You're just getting ready for the game. But like the the day before the game, you'll have a probably hour and a half, two hours of meetings, and then whatever you want to do, you just go do. So, you so like get dinner, or hang out with friends, like yeah, like yeah, like so like they don't police you. Like if you want to go to the club, you can go to the club. Basically, basically, yeah. They'll have I mean, guys there, who I imagine there's like there's got to be dudes on the team who just like go to Miami for a game against the Dolphins and just party. Oh, so, I, there has to be. Right? There right. has to be like, but teams they have scouts in place who watch for shit like that. Oh, that was what like I was how we ask you. Like, how yeah. how are they gonna police that? Like they yeah. do police it to an extent. Yeah, like like if you're Tom Brady, they're not gonna tell you to not go get dinner with Giselle. No, and they'll and like they'll let guys do stuff like that. But, like, they'll, what they'll typically do is set a curfew. And, like, they don't really have people knocking on your door, but they might call up to your room, mm-hmm. whatever hotel you're at. Um, I'm sure big-name guys with the clout can probably do whatever fuck they want. But right. me, You always have your own hotel room? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, well, I feel like in movies they always have, like, guys bunking together. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> bullshit. This is the NFL. They, they all got their own rooms. A lot of teams do that with their rookies. They'll make rookies oh, bunk really? together to save money, and they don't let anybody who's not a rookie get their own room. Yeah. So do you have a favorite city to play in? Uh, city and stadium. Doesn't have to be the same. I haven't played in it yet, but I think MetLife is fucking awesome. Like this, I don't know, like I'm an East Coast guy, so like I mean, it's pretty I'm, big. And New York is fucking and fun. New York is yeah, yeah pretty fucking so, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, where we said city and stadium. Stadium. Stadium that you've played in. Doesn't have to Car- be oh, the Cardinal Stadium's pretty uh, cool. That's pretty cool. I Their feel like that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Cool, man. Well, uh, well, we'll give you one more question and then we'll wrap up. You're from Ooh. Philly. Yes, sir. What's your favorite cheesesteak spot? De Los Andros. Oh, I hate when people say fucking Pat's or Gino's. Yeah, that is not, they're not that good. No, like they're not. Bad, Until they like, sponsor that's our not podcast. The, and they're oh, they're good. the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. But um, no, uh, that's like the that's the tourist cheesesteak. Right. But yeah. if you want a cheesesteak that is, you're going to be talking about yeah. for the rest of your life, anytime somebody mentions the East Coast or Philly, you go to Dale's. Like Pat's and Gino's has a cool story. They're right across yeah. the street. The competition. Yeah. It's a cool vibe. Mm-hmm. But if you want like the best quality cheesesteak, Dallas Andres is Buffalo. where it's at. Yeah. Dallas Andres is pretty awesome. Buffalo. What's your favorite food of all time? Steak. They give me a nice uh, ribeye with that marbled fat. Yeah. Oh my god. My stomach's about to grow right now actually talking <laughs> about it. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Jordan LeBron. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's that's hard to answer because <laughs> I know everybody, like, a lot of people want to say Jordan, but I feel like you can't deny what LeBron essentially is and has done. Like, his legacy. Will it eclipse Jordan's? I'm not sure. But he's definitely right there. Like, I mean, I feel like. You can't go wrong between the two. I'd probably lean more towards LeBron, but at the same time, like, Jordan is fucking Jordan. Like, yeah. Got named after him. Yeah. Did you really? Oh, yeah. really? you were named after Jordan? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not as good as him, but. Yeah. We're two big Jordan guys right here. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we swipe right on Jordan, left on LeBron. There's nothing on the wrong the bro love cast. <laughs> There's nothing wrong But we appreciate your input. Yeah. We like your take on it. All right, so Jordan, you want to give a couple shout-outs before we close here? Um, yeah, you know, uh, shout-out to Krista, popping up, hanging out with us today. Yeah, We got Krista in the studio. Um, <laughs> shout-out Body Armor. Shout-out Sam, my, my rep. Every time I text you, you get it to me fast. Dude, that I was my next that. question. Body Armor or Powerade? Body Armor. Body Armor. Body Armor is delicious. <laughs> it's it is good. Delicious. I love Body Armor. So good. It's healthier, too, right? Yeah, it's essentially what? Coconut uh, coconut water? Right. Coconut water. It's healthy. It tastes good. Yeah. Shout out Eggy. Eggy's the other guy we do this with. But, uh, you Wish you were here, bro. Yeah. Nah, we don't. He's a big doofus. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Well, Jordan, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. We'll be rooting for you all year. Thanks, dude. So, can't wait to see you out there. Dope. All I want is bitches, big booty bitches Used to sell crack so I could stack my riches Now I pack that to stop all the stitches From staying in my business, what is this? Let's approach to know if I'm broke or not Just cause I dope and smoke a lot Don't mean I don't talk the block Sixteen shots for my niggas in the pen I told you motherfucking me
rockin' mics like crack mics It's tight, simple, and plain to maintain I add a little funk to the brain The 